welcome to Guitar Radio Show, the show dedicated to the guitar player, guitar maker, gear builder, and purveyors of such items that you may not know about, but should. Here's your host, Mark Davin. All right, folks, welcome back to Guitar Radio Show. Today, we are not in GRS Studios, but we are uh, actually hanging out in my favorite place to be. We are at 4306 Red River Street in Austin, Texas. Uh, this is um, my mecca, if you will. <laughs> we are here at Austin Vintage Guitars, and we are sitting and talking with Mr. Stephen Fulton. How are you, Steve? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. I, it's uh, we've been talking about doing this for a long time. We have. And finally, we finally got a date together, and here we are dating. Yeah, here we are. This is great. Um, you know, I whenever I meet somebody who's a proprietor of this type of business. And do what you do, and you've been doing this since '98. Yeah, about 20 years. Yeah. yeah. When I think about what you know, somebody like you, or somebody who's a gear builder, or somebody who's a um, you know a pickup guy, guy who makes pickups. You know, I know like you carry Geppetto pickups here and stuff like that. Um, my first question is, you know, as, as a guy who owns businesses, this is one thing I would never do. This, I'm glad you do it. <laughs> Um, because if you didn't do it, then I couldn't feed my, my addiction. Gotcha. You know what I mean? But why? Why did you decide to do this? You know, it, it wasn't by design, for sure. It, was, yeah. uh, it, it, it kind of came out of necessity. Uh, I've been playing in bands since the late 70s here in Austin. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like it, like it is now, there's, if you're not hooked in with the right people, there's no money. So I had to figure out other avenues to try to make more money and make a living. Mm-hmm. And so that really meant, uh, you know, following it, following, falling in love with gear is what I did. I, I liked old guitars. I liked old amps. And uh, I didn't really think it would amount to what it's, it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's how it kind of started real slowly. I just accumulated gear that I liked. Uh, could find them in pawn shops or wherever, mm-hmm. and uh, before I knew it, I had like too much stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, I I don't need all this stuff. I need to sell some of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, this store was actually started by another person in '95, and he had health problems. And by '98, he needed to find a way out of the business. And he said, Hey, look, I've got to get out of the business. You want to take over? And it was perfect timing for me because at that point I'd kind of quit playing professionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was 36 years old at the time. And uh, so it seemed like the perfect, perfect crossover thing to go ahead and, and, and do that. Mm-hmm. And so that's how that kind of started. Mm-hmm. Was it difficult for you to leave behind the playing? Because I know this is this can be all-encompassing. It is all-encompassing. And... Uh, in 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 the sense, I've paid a price for that now mm-hmm. by not being you know being able to gig a lot. Even though I still gig today, mm-hmm. I still play. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, it it was it didn't it wasn't a career. It didn't turn into a career for me mm-hmm. because I put focus on on making the shop go, and and it was a steady grind for the last fifteen years mm-hmm. to uh, to make sure things were run properly so 
Finding the right people. Finding the right people, finding the right gear, Mm -hmm. having the money to buy the gear, Mm -hmm. pay taxes. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so much encompassing on a small business a lot of people don't seem to realize. And, you know, you can't really expect them to because if you're not in the middle of it, they just assume, oh, look. All these guitars in here, you know this. You know this person must have a lot of money. Well, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. the case. Mm-hmm. You're basically getting money in one hand and giving <laughs> to somebody else in another. <laughs> Especially the tax collector. Especially this year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yes. Yeah. Austin's on a, on a tear right now. It's it's tearing in half. Yeah. It's insane. It is insane. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. It's interesting because I think I, I, where was the first shop? Was it on South Lamar? The first shop is actually on Anderson Lane. Oh. And it was a tiny little shoebox store. There uh-huh. was maybe 20 guitars in the whole place, oh, a wow. hand, handful of amps. And that was what? That was 95, 95 to 98? Back in 95. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when did you move to the South Lamar? We moved to South Lamar in 97... I think late '97. Okay. South Lamar. Okay. And yeah. You were there for quite a while then. Yeah, uh, twelve, thirteen years. A friend of mine had f- found this location that was actually right around the corner from Heart of Texas Music, mm-hmm. and uh, that's the one. That's the location I know. Yeah, it felt kind of weird moving into the same center as another music store, but uh, uh, thank goodness Ray didn't have any objection mm-hmm. with the landlord, and uh, mm-hmm. I'd been doing business with Ray since I was sixteen. Right. So uh, we moved in, and it slowly took off there. It really did. Yeah, yeah. It's um, my for for me as a guitar player and a collector and a, and a gear nut. It's great. It was great location for me because you did have Ray's store there, your store, and then right across the parking lot, essentially, was yeah, South Austin Music, which was really great. It was like almost like a music room. Yeah, and music makers, too. So yeah. there, there were four st- four stores there, yeah. right in proximity within yeah. five minutes of each other, yeah. which was, I'm considering, great for the customer and great for business. Yeah, and vastly different type of stores, yes. I might add. Yeah. You know, because like Ray's was a hodgepodge. Right. It really was. You know, like, you go in there, you could even buy posters in there. You know, it was like, I wasn't really sure what was going on in there. <laughs> you know, but I loved to sit and talk to him because mm-hmm. he, was, he was great. He had great, great stories. Absolutely. Great stories. And then, then, there's the, then there's South Austin music, which was, which to this day, to me, is whenever I go in there, I'm, I'm, I'm like immediately like, oh, I, there's so much... It's all piled on top of each other. I really can't tell what's going on, and it's kind of an assault on my senses, and essentially. Sure. When I went into your store, everything was very organized, very regimented. I knew what I was looking at. You know, me being a lefty, I was like, okay, the lefties are over here. I can go over there. You know, two that I had. Maybe. The two that you had at the time, yeah. Um, actually, I bought a telly from you there, um, at that South Awesome location. Um, that was just marvelous. I still have it to this day. Great. Um, you know, and um, that it was one of those places that, like you said, it did catch on in a, in a hurry. I think it really became a like a hotbed for all the local Austin musicians who were looking for either repair, amp, good amp deals, or really good vintage guitars. Um, 
I mean, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I, I might have been in there and like, you know, Denny Freeman's in there or Derek sure. O'Brien or Jimmy Vaughn or, you know, and you know, I think that's kind of a, especially in a town like Austin, if you go into a store and you see one of those type of people there, there must be a reason. You know, they're going there because, oh, this, there's quality going on here. Sure. You know, um, but then you got evicted, right? You all, you all got evicted. Yeah, it was, a, it was, uh, it was ugly. It was, well, you know, it was a sign of the times and, uh, you know, you could slowly see it coming. Um, oh, really? Or, oh yeah. Around the area, you could see, uh, businesses were being bought up. Yeah. Prop, actually properties were being bought yeah. up. And, uh, at one point the landlord was like, Hey, you guys are going to, it looks like you're going to need to move out. And we were like, okay. And then he came back a couple months later and said, never mind, the deal's off. You can stay. Uh-huh. And we were like, well, okay. Uh, Meanwhile, you were looking around. So we had kind of been looking around, but yeah. as, soon as, he, as soon as he said, that, no, it looks like you guys can stay, we were like, okay. We, re- we relaxed and uh, didn't think anything of it. And then two months later, he came back at us again and said, well, it looks like the deal's <laughs> oh, back on. My God. So we scrambled real quick. Uh, I can't remember. I think we had... 30 days to get out. Yeah. And we're talking about moving a lot of equipment. Yeah. And finding a building. And uh, we searched and we found a place way out in uh, North Austin on Burnett Road. Right. And it had slat wall mm-hmm. for hanging guitars already on the place. Luckily, it was empty. Uh, and it was sprawling. It was it was huge. It was way more room than we needed. And uh, once we moved in there and the flow of traffic that came in, I thought, well, I think we're probably going to go out of business because nobody's going to come out here. Well, it was too far north. It was too far north. And, we, you know, it's just people that stay in South Austin stay in South Austin. Mm, that's true. So, that's true. So, but people slowly trickled into this Burnett Road store. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the time we, uh, we had already had bought property over at this location mm-hmm. and we're starting to get permits from the city of Austin, which took a year to mm-hmm. get one year, another nightmare, another nightmare. Yeah. So we're paying, we're paying rent to a big company on Burnett, And then we're paying a mortgage payment on dirt here that didn't even have a building put on it yet. So this was a complete empty lot complete. We cleared it actually. Mm-hmm. So we were hemorrhaging money and I, I, I was like, well, you know, this is it. We're probably going to go out of business. Wow. Yeah. I, I had no idea. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I thought for sure, well, this is it, and we'll just put everything in storage and sell it online. Uh, but people kept coming into the Burner Road store, which surprised me. And uh, we managed to pay bills there and here, and uh, so it, it actually worked, which was really surprising. I, di- I didn't think it would it work, but it, we're still here. Yeah, and you... This building was basically what you wanted. This was your design, your idea of what you wanted for the ultimate guitar yeah, shopping experience. Sure. I mean, it, it, I wish it could have been a little bit bigger, but uh, money was tight and city restrictions on, on, uh, on mm-hmm. footprints of land. Mm-hmm. They have so many restrictions. Mm-hmm. You need to have so many parking spaces. Mm-hmm. Well, that you got. I mean, that's great. Yeah, we, yeah, we got kind of lucky. Even yeah. though it gets kind of full here sometimes. Yeah. People come in and say, hey, there's no parking. And, oh, that's, that yeah. blows my mind because, I mean, you know, in Austin, 
Parking is a commodity. If I wasn't involved, totally. if I didn't do all the other businesses I do, I would be in the parking business, uh, well, man. Now, absolutely. <laughs> you, know, I, you know, up on Burnett uh, Pinehouse Pizza, mm-hmm. they bought a chunk of land right next door that used to have a nice sharpening place and all this stuff. They cleared, they knocked all the buildings down. It's parking. Parking. Yeah. So they did what Joni Mitchell said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's amazing. Um, and, you know, they're paying an exorbitant amount of money for that piece of property every month for parking. Yeah. But it's it, worth it to them. Yeah, I'm because sure. Because of it, their flow. Yeah, it, it, it probably pays for itself. It does. it does. And now they're getting ready on the back end of it or the front end of it. I'm not sure which. They're going to build a to-go pizza Oh, is that right? Thing, yeah. Yeah. So you can just kind of drive up and get your pizza. And get out. Get out. Back into the traffic. Back into the Burnett Road. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I remember talking to you when you were in, up in Burnett, Burnett Road there. And um, you were telling me about this. And you had, ta- you had mentioned, you know, about what, it, what you thought it was going to look like and what, you know, and you were really excited about it. And I was, I was getting very excited. But I had no idea what I was going to see when I first walked in the door. And folks, when you come here, and I highly recommend you do when you're in Austin, or if you live in Austin, you need to come here to Austin Vintage Guitars. It really is a just, it's a guitargasm. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good, that's a new one you might want to trademark. <laughs> I said it first. Um, you walk in the door and it's just like, wow. And it's laid out in such a way that, you know, okay, I, here's where this stuff is. Here's where this stuff is. And, it, and it's, I think you kind of got it laid out in many respects as far as like uh, price differential too. Somewhat, yeah. We put, we group things together that are in certain price ranges, you know, from low to high. Yeah. And that way we can kind of point customers well, without asking them what they're looking for in a price range, right? What, where they want to be, right. in, in the quality of an, of an instrument, right? Because you get the cats that come in and say, I, "I'm looking for Fender Custom Shop," yeah, and you exactly. just point to that far wall, or somebody that's a beginner that just is looking right. for their first guitar, right? And you know, so we yeah. can point them in that direction, yeah. And then the, where where we're sitting today is in the amp room, and I don't know what's the square footage in here. I think I think it's a you know I'm not sure a thousand square feet I think yeah something like that and it's just stocked with every kind of amp you can imagine yeah I think there's like 200 amps in here I yeah something like account. that yeah and uh, I know that I have purchased a few from this room thank you you're very welcome <laughs> and um, uh, it's a it's a it's a great environment to come and play in was that. Uh, was that in your mindset as far as I want a place where people can come, sit down with the instrument and just take their time? Because I know whenever I'm here, you know, it's just I pick up a guitar, I come back here, I plug in, and, yeah. I'm, and I just do my thing. You know, and, and you don't have salespeople that are kind of like going, hey, man, hey, man, hey, man. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll give you your first hey, man. Uh, yeah. Let me know if you need anything. You know, I mean, the only thing that you don't have here is a barista. <laughs> <laughs> believe me, people have wanted me to get one. <laughs> So, and they want a couch too. So, uh, no couch. That's not going to happen. No, no couches. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely no couches because. Um, yeah, nobody would leave. 
Well, nobody would leave, and, and to be perfectly honest with you, I'm a little bit of a germaphobe. I think it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like the, you know, some of the couches at Anton's. Yeah. Yeah, they've been around for a while. Mm. Yeah. I don't really want to. I'm not sitting on that. Don't sit on that thing, man. <laughs> Might grab something. <laughs> Take it home with me. Or grabs you. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, so did do you feel like, you know, you hit the mark? Do you feel like you got what you were looking I, for? I think we came pretty close considering how tight the money was, yeah. how much was there to spend <clears> on the building. Uh you know, I didn't want to rent anymore mm-hmm. uh, because I saw the trend in Austin was going to be nothing but high rent mm-hmm. everywhere we went. And it just wouldn't have been worth it to be in business to have pay somebody else's bills. Mm-hmm. So we took a chance and got a huge loan. And, and luckily, I had a really good banker that, you know, r- really kind of took our side and, and liked what we were doing. And... uh course uh we were real conservative with our money so we had a little money in the bank and him seeing that track record of how we were responsible with the cash flow helped us to get the loan Mm -hmm. to be able to like buy the dirt Mm -hmm. and then we had to come back later and get another loan to build the building Mm -hmm. central austin uh properties as you probably know are it's outrageous yeah oh yeah well, yeah, they, it's like it's like they think there's gold under this dirt. Yeah. <laughs> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, it's just clay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, for sure. So, how many guitars do you think you've got in the building right now? Probably six hundred. Yeah. One more or less. Yeah. I, I was going to say more, but yeah, okay. Yeah, maybe maybe a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, and we've got a lot of project guitars and vintage stuff upstairs too. That yeah. Also, probably is not on the floor yet. Yeah, because uh, we have to make room. We, there, we there's so much stuff in here now. We have to wait for something to sell before we can put another guitar out. I can dig it. So there's stuff hidden away. So we still have we still have stuff that's wow. You know, that's intriguing. Mostly mostly vintage stuff. <laughs> that's intriguing. Yeah, yeah I, like um, I remember back at the Burnett Road store, you had a 1952 Les Paul with the trapeze tailpiece. That I had played, I think it was sixty grand or something like that. It was marvelous guitar, and then it, you brought it over here. It's gone now. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's something I've always been interested in. When you bring in a vintage guitar like that at a high price right. like that, it's something that you realize you're going to be holding on to for a while until Absolutely. the right person comes in and goes, "That's it." Absolutely. So, how do you account for that? As in regards to okay, I made this investment, right? And that's exactly what it is. I made this investment, and I've got, and I've got. Um, that somebody that's got to come in. Yeah, we got someone at the door, so yeah. we're gonna hold. We'll grab him right on. So you made an investment like that. What? What are your expectations? Like, how long do you feel like I need to hold on to it? If I hold on to it this long, I'm still doing okay, or is it just? Basically, it's like money in the bank. Yeah, I mean, it it, 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 it depends, first of all, of how much you got into it for. Uh-huh. If you got into it for a good price, you can hang on to it for a while. Uh, the fact is now is that you don't really get good deals on vintage guitars anymore with the Internet pricing and, mm-hmm. and what people's expectations are mm-hmm. of owning a vintage instruments, which is typically 
most of the time higher re- retail than they than what stuff actually mm. sells for because mm-hmm. they don't actually deal in vintage guitars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's one of the things where if I have to pay a lot for it, uh, I'll probably make somebody a really good deal on it mm-hmm. just to move it down the road and go on to the next thing. Okay. Yeah, that, I, that makes sense. It's it's just a matter of like cutting cutting your loss on that. Yeah, and, and your liquidity. You know, when you yeah. need money to buy, like we have new brands here, like Martin Collings, and 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 when it's time to like re up with these companies, which can be pretty demanding, mm-hmm. you need to cut a check really fast. Yeah. When um and you know you're the first person I'm finally getting to ask this question about, uh, and I've been really curious if you've seen a difference. When a company like Gibson Guitars announces that they're gonna, they're filing for bankruptcy. Do you see an uptick? And I know, I mean, we're we're we live in Austin. It's kind of Strat Town. It's kind of Fender Town, right? Totally. Um, do you see an uptick in in Gibson sales because of a because of people saying, "Oh, I need to get that before it's gone." Now that the company is in flux. Not yet, uh, because the market is so flooded with mm-hmm. guitars. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's so many stores and there's so many Fender and Gibson products out there, not to mention online people selling their personal gear. Yeah. I mean, there's it's almost like there's too many guitars. Yeah, that's, that's what George Groon says. So the thing about it is, is that uh, the stuff that's really going to sell is something that's going to be rare, mm-hmm. low production, mm-hmm. uh, new and or vintage. That That's the stuff that, you know, you may see an uptick in, mm-hmm. limited editions, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you remember a time when, uh, before they were considered vintage, they were used <laughs> guitars. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to say, yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and and um, that whole thing, uh, when that went away, yeah, you're right. It kind of the market kind of got crazy, as far as you know. Now everybody and his mother all of a sudden are aficionados, right? Of this guitar that was you know only a few years before was maybe five hundred bucks in a pawn shop. Right. And all of a sudden now it's up to this crazy amount of money. Um, we were just saying about how there how there's too many guitars. Um, you know, and I was talking to George Groon about this a couple of years ago and he was saying, you know, if you've got if you've got a company like Fender that's making seven hundred guitars a day, five days a week, maybe six days a week, um, and that's just in the US plant. Not counting the Mexican stuff mm-hmm. and everything else. Um, how does a how does a dealer deal with that? You know, I mean, I granted you're you're a little more specified because you are doing vintage. You are doing new, but you're doing mostly. You do a lot of vintage, a lot of rare stuff, and boutique stuff too. Right. Um, so does that kind of set you aside from the other people? You. you I, you know, maybe indirectly because you don't want to carry products that the box stores have, like the bigger stores that are yeah. are geared for a certain kind of customer. Not yeah. that we don't discriminate against any customer as far as their talent 
Well, oh, no, you can come in here and get good. a squire. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. You know, the thing about it is we 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 try to put uh, a value on things that you're not going to find in other mm-hmm. stores around Austin or anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Even though is there's a lot of commonality, you'll still see a lot of the same things. But, uh, you know, we travel to a lot of guitar shows, and we go buy from other dealers on the East Coast a lot. Mm-hmm. And we look for things that are unusual. Uh, something you're just not going to see like anywhere Mm -hmm. and that really helps even if it's just one or two things that people will see in a store that's different it creates a buzz in their mind that hey this store is a little bit different Mm -hmm. than a box store Mm -hmm. or somebody else that may not have the same type of vision for the store yeah i mean folks it is different um it's like i said earlier it's relaxed it's um easy not something i really like i don't i like feeling welcomed i like feeling relaxed in a place uh there have been so many places that i go to and i'm like "Mm, i'm not gonna ask to play anything because i don't feel comfortable Hmm. this is one of those places where it's you know you could you could essentially have the couch (laughs) yeah you could i mean it's that kind of relaxed feel that's a great thing yeah that's a great thing well, that's what you want. You want to feel. You want people to feel like they can. Uh, I mean, they, you have to play the instrument. You mm-hmm. know, you can't just sit there and look it out on the wall and go, "I wonder what that plays like." Yeah. You know, and that, that's that's a priority for us to make sure we get something in somebody's hands um, so they can get a feel for the instrument. Mm-hmm. And you know, sometimes we have people here all day trying mm-hmm. stuff out, and they may not buy anything, but they may come back at some point mm-hmm. and buy something. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure I've been here more times and not bought something, but I've certainly been here other times and been like, yeah, that's got to come home with me today. Sure. You know, I, I was here on a Christmas Eve one time, and I was like, I came in and there was an F30, I think, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right. And I, was, and I plugged in and I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God, my wife was like, you want it? I was like, yeah. Like, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> I was like, yes. Yeah, perfect. I have a good honey. Um, so let's talk. I want to I kind of, you know, I've, I've known you pretty long time. We always chat, see each other at the guitar shows. I see you here. Um, I, I don't know too much about you as the player. Mm-hmm. And you've been playing how long? I mean, I started playing drums when I was nine years old. Okay. Uh, my dad had bought a kit, really, for him to play, but he never mm-hmm. messed with it. So I started going out in the garage, and I put a record on, and I play along with it, mm-hmm. and uh, played. You know, not seriously, but you know, kind of, kind of. I already knew how to kind of play without having to facilitate right. a lesson or anything. It's a natural like, vibe. Kind of a natural mm-hmm. at it, uh, as was my older sister, who was. She was the one that really kind of got me going because she could sit down and play, boom, like right away. Right. And I was just like, well, if she can do that, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, my parents had split up, and I moved to Austin in 1974. Uh, my sister was already down here, and she knew some musicians. And I met some older guys like right away. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, they were looking for a drummer and I really didn't have any experience playing with anybody. I played along with records. Uh And so, uh, started this band, started playing with them when I was 16, uh, picked up guitar when I was 17 and kind of did started playing both. Uh huh. And, uh, 
played drums basically up until I was 36 uh, professionally around Austin and and the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, along the way, uh, my my father passed away, and uh, when that happened, I wanted to make a kind of I don't know if you could call it a career change, but I started to focus my efforts all on guitar at that point. Uh, but I was still uh, starting the business, not by then, but not soon after. So that cut into a lot of my playing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but I still love it, and I'm I'm still playing today. I still play out, yeah. you know, and I'm just having fun with it, you know. I, yeah. I realize I have to run a business first, mm-hmm. but it's still fun to go out and play. It's the, I think it's 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 why we all got into it in the first place. Absolutely. It's, I mean, that it's, it's fun. It's always fun and playing music with other people. Yes. You know, not just sitting at home and, mm-hmm. and practicing whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you get out there with a drummer and a mm-hmm. bass player and that's what makes it all work. Yeah, the, the interplay, you know, and and if and if you're lucky enough to have that telepathy with a dr- good drummer and a bass player, it's the best. The good drummer is the key. It, it is. It's everything. <laughs> Always twos and fours. <laughs> yeah. That's how you make babies. <laughs> <laughs> so as a as a as a guy who has been collecting gear, you obviously have a real good eye, a good feel for guitars, amps pedals you name it what is in the collection the personal collection of the gear guy you know i i'm not a big collector actually i i've got four or five guitars right now that i have around i've got a 58 hardtail strat a 63 tele custom sunburst uh, 54 gold top wrap around and then I've got mm-hmm. a 60 or 61 ES355 mm-hmm. uh, I'm not much of an acoustic player uh, so I don't really go to that world too much I'm Same really here. considered more of an electric guy mm-hmm. I've just so. always leaned towards that and then I've got a few nice older Fender amps and that's really about it mm-hmm. but you've got the essentials Got the essentials, man. I mean, you know, the, those those guitars, if you can't do anything with those guitars, then you might as well sell them. Yeah, don't do anything. Yeah, you know, because they're all great guitars. I mean, yeah. I've had I've been lucky enough to like when stuff comes in and being able to afford to hang on to a few of these guitars along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that always makes it fun, and I always gig with them. I don't leave them at home. Mm-hmm. I, I went to Europe two years ago to play some festivals over there and I did put a guitar together for that a parts guitar oh you did yeah I just didn't want to take I a, don't blame a vintage you. guitar over I there I just wanted you. to take something something happened to it right somebody takes it absolutely no big deal absolutely yeah, I totally agree with you <laughs> so yeah I mean that's, hey, when I go up to Dallas even when I go up to Dallas I don't take anything really good with me really oh no I'll take something with me but because I'm a lefty yeah so being the lefty you know, there isn't going to be. If I want to go try some amps over there or whatever, or jam with some people, they sure as hell ain't going to have a left-handed guitar. <laughs> so I, I got to always make sure I pack my own lunch. Yeah, I feel sorry for you guys. Uh, yeah, it's it's tough, but at the same time, there are some real benefits. Like if somebody says, "Hey, man, can I play your guitar?" and you really don't want them to, <laughs> a lot of times somebody's not going to go, "Yeah, can I play?" Your-? Oh, never mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I love the guys online. They're always, you know, as I'll see a picture of one of my guitars, and they'll be like, "Hey, is that a reverse negative? Did yeah, you, you know, did right. you flip that?" 
Nope. No, there are left-handed guitars. Yeah. That's kind of funny. <laughs> um, where, uh, outside, folks, outside of uh, Austin Vintage Guitars here on Red River, uh, there is a gigantic, lit-up, very accurately done Telecaster um, up on the pole. And it's gigantic. It's at least nine feet tall. It is nine feet, exactly. You know, okay. yeah. I had a feeling it was nine feet yeah. tall. And uh, every, time I, every time I come here with my wife, I always make sure that she gets... I take a picture of her underneath it. Awesome. Because um, she just loves it. Um, where'd that come from? So that was an idea uh, with uh, a local uh, artist named uh, Evan Voiles, who has the Neon Jungle. And oh. we've been talking about it for three years before we even, like, contemplated it because I told him I said look I want it to be I want it to look like a real guitar yeah and he had never done anything like that before he had just done interpretations of right. stuff so one day he came in and he had a paper cutout and he rolled it off on the floor for me and I looked at it and it was dead on to looking just like a real guitar mm-hmm. and I said okay if you can make it look like this let's do it yeah and uh it took him probably a year to to make it yeah uh really great side story about that is pbs was doing a story on him at the time oh why he was making oh so cool so pbs came out actually with cameras why they were hanging the sign up and it was it ran on pbs for a number of months uh i can't remember the name of the show but it was about local artists that so so we got cool. we got lucky and got some mileage out of that. That is great. Yeah, that is and the great. sign speaks for itself. I mean, oh. that, so many people take pictures of it. Yeah, it was it was worth every penny. Oh, and it, and it was a lot of pennies. <laughs> well, yeah, you look at it and you know that ain't cheap. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, <laughs> folks. If you go to uh, guitarradioshow.com and you uh, check the show notes out, uh, there'll be a whole bunch of different stuff in the show notes, uh, and of course a link to uh, austinvintageguitars.com. If you take a look at, there'll be pictures of the uh, of that big beautiful Telecaster out there in the parking lot, and uh, there'll be some photos from inside the shop as well. Um, you know, I got to tell you, I don't know if anybody ever tells you this, but I'm so glad that you're here. Well, thank you. Uh, very rarely do people say that, but I think I think people, even though they don't say anything. Uh, when they come in and they look around and you get the feeling that uh, they like the place mm-hmm. and, and they're glad it's here even if they don't mm-hmm. say so so it, it's it's always appreciated when somebody mentions how nice the shop is uh, it's been a long a long work in the progress and we're still around uh, it, it did bite into what could have been a music career for me but you know I'm 58 now and I uh, I don't think I have any regrets, you know, because mm-hmm. I still have fun playing music when I play it. So that's the biggest thing is still being enthusiastic about getting out and playing once in a while. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, uh, it's all been worth it. Yeah. Well, I love the place. And everybody, I, every time I have family come in from out of town, because most of my family are musicians, I, this is the first place I go to bring them to. Great. I really appreciate you know, it. And then that. we go to have barbecue. <laughs> but um, yeah this is definitely the first place we go to and um, 
I was here just last week with a good friend of mine, Jason Bilicki. Right. Um, and uh, before that, I had my cousin Joe. And yeah, they're always like, it's so funny because whenever I have that conversation, I bring them here and we're back here and we're maybe playing something or whatever. They look at me and they go, you're so lucky. <laughs> I go, I know. And they go, I might have to move here. <laughs> so this is one of those places that's kind of like a deciding factor ah, for people. Great. You know what I mean? So that's that, think about that magnetic pull <laughs> that, that it has for musicians. It's it's because they don't have that where right. they are. You know, um, you know maybe they maybe they would have in the seventies and maybe in the you know the early eighties, but not now. Not now this is you know this is like I said earlier. It's a mecca. You know and. Uh, Whenever I know I'm as I'm getting as I'm driving here and I'm getting closer, I get a little. Ooh, I can't wait wow, that's good to know. Yeah, because you know, for me, looking inside out, it's it's been, you know, it's been a business for, yeah. for twenty years. So uh, anytime somebody says something, you know, nice about the shop, it it really is appreciated. Yeah, well, it's all in your Yelp stuff too. Yeah, they love you on Yelp. <laughs> some of them do, some of them don't. Well, you know what? That's just like you know. Opinions are like belly buttons. I'll leave it like that. Absolutely. Everybody's, everybody's, got, one. everybody's got one, so <laughs> let it go, whatever it is. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, folks, I, I give it way more than two thumbs up. This this is the place, and this is where I shop. And, uh, and I've always wanted to have you on the show, and Great. I can't thank you enough for taking some man, time my, out. Man, my pleasure, and thanks for giving us some notoriety. Oh, yeah, this is it, man. If you're in Austin and you're a musician, you need to come here you need to see it at the very least and of course buy a t-shirt <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great because then when you go home you can say I was there uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. and that's what they all do too I mean Jason bought one yeah Cousin Joe bought one yeah um, they all do yeah. excellent Steve thanks so much for being hey, on the Car Radio Show man. I thanks. appreciate you and hey. I appreciate you know you are you are a little slice of Austin well thanks uh, I really appreciate you coming in and do the interview and and Give us some attention. It's always nice. My pleasure. All right. All right. Yeah, I know you got to go to work now. No. <laughs> I mean, uh, it should be should be a busy day. Right? Get it, some people. It was busy yesterday. I bet it yeah, was. It was insane. I bet it, it was. was crazy. Well, you know, folks get money. Yeah, right? well, and you know, there's some people are still off vacation. Oh, I am. So they they need something to do. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I just cleared my credit card. <laughs> well, stick around. <laughs> you have a good day, man. All right. Thank Thanks, you. man. Check out Guitar Radio Show on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, Instagram, and Tumblr. And of course, on guitarradioshow.com.